How would you like a 15% discount to my daily email, the stack of stuff, the show notes, discounts to the conference, all of that? All you need to do is text the word SHOW to 33777. You'll get the annual subscription with a 15% discount to my daily email. You'll get the stack of stuff, the links to the show notes, discounts to the conference, and so much more. All you have to do is text the word SHOW, S-H-O-W, to 33777. Text SHOW to 33777. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across America. The phone number is 877-973-7425. There is, of course, a Republican debate tonight. We'll get to that later. Chris Christie, Vivek Ramaswamy, Nikki Haley, and Ron DeSantis on stage at the University of Alabama. Uh, we'll get into a lot of that later. I, 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 I want to continue on with, well, uh, so I've really debated whether or not to bring this up because I know it kind of opens a hornet's nest to bring this sort of thing up. Um, Philip, I think this is what you're going to want to run with as far as a show video today. I I don't know how they conduct public opinion polling in in the Gaza Strip. I I will tell you that there are a lot of people, if you listen to the media, they say, well, they don't have any power there. Those people sure as hell have a lot of charged cell phones for there to be no power in the Gaza Strip. Exactly how are they charging their cell phones? Does everybody have solar panels? What? Um, No, they've got power. You're, You're believing the propaganda campaign by UN agencies that are pro-Hamas and, and Hamas itself. I don't know exactly how they, they survey and, and like, but I, I got to tell you, uh, it is pretty clear that it's not just a majority of Palestinians, but a supermajority of Palestinians that support Hamas. It's reflected in the polling that they're able to do. It's reflected in the commentary. And then you see the college students marching on this on campuses in this country. They're, they're cruel people who support genocide of the Jews. I say all of that to say something I've danced around, but I might as well be bold with you and say the Palestinians increasingly look like the enemy, not just Hamas. The Biden administration may want to dance around this, but when you are excusing or denying that it happened, the decapitation of babies, the raping of women before shooting them in the back of the head, y'all, I, it's it's been a month and a half now, more than that. I still can't get the image out of my head of the man and kid who were tied together and burned alive. I can't get the images really to go away. 
I don't dwell on them. They're not really at the forefront of my brain. But when this subject comes up, I, I've I've seen that stuff. You are an enemy of freedom and free people if you make an excuse for that stuff, if you justify that stuff. If you say Israel were the original colonizers going back to 1948, no, this was their land before it was the Palestinian land. And by the way, there was never a Palestine. Palestine never existed. It's always been under someone's control. The Romans, then the Byzantines, and the Ottomans, and the British, it's, it's never been an independent. There's never been a Palestinian state. We can't coexist with monsters. We see this in this country too. In fact, we're we are increasingly coming unraveled as a people on this planet. Postmodernism, Marxist intellectual thought that has pervaded the academies of the West, rotted the brains of people, and turned people against their own countries, turned people against truth, turned people against right and wrong, taught them that there is a um, moral relativism, and right is in the eye of the beholder. You can't coexist with people who make excuses for or deny the truth of things that happen, who have to deny the truth of it so that they don't have to come up with a way to excuse it or deal with it. They just deny that it happened. They lie about it. Look at the accusations and, and, and the issues of rape of the Israeli women. They were raped before they were murdered. You have Democratic members of Congress who want to what about it and say, well, we have to put it in proper context. You have the, the presidents of Harvard, MIT, and the University of Pennsylvania when confronted with the statements of a genocide of the Jews. Well, it needs to be contextualized. It is possible, ladies and gentlemen, it is possible to just say murder is bad. Not to then say, but they had it coming. And that's what's happening with a lot of the left in this country. Nikki Haley uh, is under fire a, a an interview with her taken out of context was surfaced June 5th of 2023 in which she says that um, she uh, underage children who are grappling with gender identity issues that she trusts the parents to get it right but that we shouldn't have be able to make permanent changes to people's bodies before they're 18 things like that um, I, I look, I disagree with her on, on the issue. I, I actually favor banning gender reassignment surgeries for children and adults. We as a country, we don't value suicide. We discourage suicide. If we find out someone is suicidal in this country, we will institutionalize them. We will commit them for their own good and well-being. I think we should do the same with people who want to mutilate their bodies. I don't view gender reassignment as a valid medical treatment in any way, shape, or form when, in fact, um, you are doing permanent damage to your body because you suffer from a mental health 
disorder. Now, what does one of these have to do with the other? Well, it's this. Uh, What I just said will incite a number of people to try to cancel me. I will incite a number of people saying that I'm calling for the genocide of the trans community, and they will be outraged. But these same people, when you call for the genocide of Jews, will say nothing or say, well, in context, it's understandable. You can't peacefully coexist with people like that. You can't peacefully coexist with people who want you dead. What's more, interns at the White House, more than 40 of them, they won't put their name on it. And have you noticed this? If you go out and you support Israel's right to exist, you're probably out there showing your face. If you say you support Hamas or want to defend what happened or put it in proper context that Israel got what it deserved or or you're worried about uh, anti-Palestinian voices or what have you, why do you cover your faces and keep yourself anonymous? You notice the people who are on Hamas's side, they always cover their faces. They keep their names out of it. This letter circulating from White House interns, they didn't put their names on it, saying they're upset as as Muslim, Christian, Jewish, black, white, brown, and queer people. They are upset with the White House not listening to the Palestinian voices, not listening to the needs of the people of, of Palestine. There's no such thing as Palestine people. All these kids should be hunted down and fired and exposed so that they can't get jobs. That's why they're keeping their names quiet, because these people are a bunch of idiots who are siding with terrorists, and we shouldn't be hiring people who side with terrorists. And yet they're out there among us. You can't coexist with these people. We used to, so here's the thing. There were a lot of Supreme Court cases against Christians. The United States Supreme Court foisted on this country this this abominable idea that secularism is neutral. That the separation of church and state, that the the, uh, Establishment Clause, it meant that the country itself had to explicitly take a secular position. The Supreme Court got it wrong, and they're slowly realizing they've gotten it wrong. Even Antonin Scalia got this wrong, that secularism was somehow uh, viewpoint neutral. No, secularism is itself a religion. The absence of God in the public square is itself a religious determination. But what we've seen over time is that Christians in this country were told by the Supreme Court and by the legislative and executive authorities of this country that you can believe things, but you're not allowed to actually act out on those things. You're not actually allowed to, to, to do things. We, we see this now with all this um, angry nonsense about Christian nationalism. And what most people who use the phrase mean is that, well, you're a Christian in the public square. You can't really act out your morality and let it guide your legislative positions and your public policy positions. That would be bad. That would be a separation of church and state. No, 
No, we're Christians in this country, and now Jews are the only groups of people in this country who are not allowed to be guided by their faith in the public square. You hate God? Well, God bless you. You're entitled to act that out in legislative and public policy parameters. You hate the Jews because you're you're some Islamic wackadoo who believes that Palestine is a real thing? Well, guess what? You're allowed to implement that in public policy and allowed to march in the streets and call for the death of the Jews. We can't peacefully coexist with those people. Forever, Christians in this country were told you can believe things, you just can't act them out in public. And now these left-wing, secular, progressive terror supporters are told, well, you can believe them and state them publicly and act them out. You can intimidate Jews on college campuses, and the university presidents will protect you because you are somehow an oppressed person. The critical theorists and their theories are causing people to divide and break apart, and it is by design. It is how the Marxists intend to tear up Western culture, by placing everyone on an intersectional chart of colonizer and colonized, oppressor and oppressed. They can pick and choose and divide up, and they can determine who the race traitors are. It is abominable. But I will tell you this, when I look at the situation in the Middle East, when I look at the situation with Israel, Hamas is not the problem, it's the Palestinians who are the problem overall. Sure, there's 25% who don't support Hamas, 75% who do. We, we, We can tell ourselves all day long, this is a fight against Hamas, but it's really not. It's a fight against the people of Gaza. You know, the dirty little secret is that most of the leaders of the Islamic nations in the Middle East and North Africa want Israel to wipe out Hamas. They don't like the Palestinian people. They view them as a nuisance. Look at Egypt. Won't even allow them in their country. It's a bold and charged thing to say, I realize. But at this point, I think it needs to be said Israel cannot just be at war with Hamas. It must figure out a way to contain the Gaza Strip in ways it has not otherwise contained because those people aid and abet Hamas. They put them in power and have left them in power. And you can say, well, they're they're oppressed people by Hamas, but that's not how they're treated by the West. That's not how they're treated by themselves. That's not how the world views them. The world views them as oppressed by Israel. Israel can't let them out or it will be Israel's destruction. These people do not mean peace. And those who march on college campuses in this country do not mean peace. We are in a profoundly absurd point in human history where if you misgender someone, you're accused of genocide, of of dead naming them or what have you, violence against the person by refusing to go along with their insanity. But if you call for death of the Jews, well, that you got to contextualize. The White House interns are upset. Members of the State Department are upset. Members of the Department of Defense are upset. Employees within the White House are upset that this president um, is is being too nuanced and too pro-Israel. You know, the most damnable thing of it all 
is that this White House can't speak boldly against anti-Semitism without also name-dropping Islamophobia because they're afraid of alienating people. And increasingly, the policies of this administration are, are split because they're afraid of losing an election. They would rather see the genocide of the Jews than themselves lose power. You cannot peacefully coexist with people who are fine with the genocide of Jews. You cannot peacefully coexist with them, and we might as well start talking about it bluntly. Guys, if you're a small, mid-sized business, you're struggling with HR issues, you have employees not showing up, or you got to do a termination, you need onboarding of employees, maybe there's a sexual harassment complaint. You want an HR manager. You don't want to be the bad guy with your employees. Bambi can play the role of HR for you. $99 a month, available by phone, email, real-time chat. They do onboardings, terminations. They help your team members get to peak performance. And your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations, regardless of which state. They're great. Now, they're U.S.-based. They You got somebody to talk to who's dedicated to your team they give you access to HR expertise, and they add personal touches. So even though they're outsourced by your company, they really feel like they're a part of your team. That matters. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast. When you sign up, it'll help my show. Bambi.com, B-A-M-B-E-E.com, Bambi.com, Eric Erickson in the podcast tab. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. Uh, the full number, 877-973-7425. We've opened phone lines now. i have got to get myself in trouble if I keep firing up on this sort of stuff. Um, the president has just spoken to the press corps and the nation about funding Ukraine. There are growing concerns Ukraine could fall to the Russians if we don't get them more uh, resources. Um, of course, the House Republicans have problems with that. They want to tie to the border. There are messes and all of that stuff we will get to when we come back. Uh, first, I want to tell you Mark Rowan, Apollo Global Management's uh, CEO, and that's the parent company of uh, my flagship station's company. Um, they He is uh, at war now with colleges across the U.S. for allowing the spread of anti-Semitism on campus. Uh, he, he spoke again. Uh, he was on CNBC, and now he's spoken to Bloomberg TV, uh, saying that uh, these, these universities engage in favored speech and unfavored speech. And uh, if they're going to pick and choose between and they can't pick that anti-Semitism is unfavored, they got a problem. And even he is pointing out now, you misgender someone, you can get expelled from a college campus. Uh, but you say Jews should die, and they give you a pass and say it's it's complicated. It shouldn't be complicated. But again, unless these guys start hiring from the ACC and the SEC and bypass the Ivy League, it's not going to improve the situation. Um, they got to do something. Uh, AFP is out there fighting the good fight against anti-Semitism. It's not really in their wheelhouse, but they recognize that uh, free people can't be a bunch of Jew haters. Uh, and they are fighting on uh, the right side of history on this stuff, and they're fighting for limited government. They're fighting for free people. They are fighting for you and me. They would love to have you on their team. You go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. If you go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric, you can sign up with more than 4 million people. Now, what does that get you? 
Well, it gets you the resources of AFP to learn the best arguments and how to make the most persuasive case for, for example, school choice. It's a big issue for Americans for Prosperity is school choice. Educational reform in this country, it is the way to improve the minds of the future workers of America, the future generations, and AFP is a big proponent of school choice. Around the country, they've been fighting the good fight for it, rallying people for it. You should join them. Go to americansforprosperity.org slash eric today. americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. You sign up with AFP. You become an effective advocate for free markets and free people around the United States. Hello there. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here across the United States. The phone number 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, I'm happy to have you. It's time to go take a phone call. Matt is calling. Welcome to the show, Matt. How are you? Good, Eric. How are you? Good. What's going on? Um, you know, I, I really uh, felt for you when you were discussing your um, apprehension about saying that maybe the Palestinians have a hand in this. Um, maybe, let's put it this way. We don't hear Palestinian voices crying out about what happened on October 7th. Um, I have some very close friends that are Lebanese, and in talking to them after that day, they said, Matt, the Hamas in Gaza and the Hezbollah in Lebanon are the cancers of our society. We would hope that Israel will wind up turning to the north and engaging the Hezbollah to also get rid of the Hezbollah. And we know that just like the France, French, who got their country back but lost civilians in World War II, we will lose civilians, but we will get our country back. And he had me thinking that the Palestinians are also victims in this. Now, my perspective goes to 9-11 because I was there. I watched people jump. I watched people die. And co-workers of mine that worked in the different communities or lived in the different communities there, some of them came back and said when they walked home, they saw Middle Eastern communities of people that were celebrating. And after that event on 9-11, you did not hear voices from those communities or Middle Eastern people crying for what had happened on September 11. You don't hear it out of the Palestinians. And I'm beginning to think they're not the victims that I might have thought they were before. So what I'm saying to you is don't feel bad about that thought and that feeling. You're probably right on the track. Why the Palestinians support Hamas, I don't know. You know, a little history tells us you used to have the PLO there, yes, mm -hmm. Arafat. And at some point in time, they were negotiating with the Israelis, looking for some peace and some cohabitation. And the more extreme communities of people didn't like that, you don't have PLO, Hamas walks in, and they are the extremists. Mm -hmm. And some people would say, the Palestinians will lose their lives or have their hands cut off if they speak out against the Hamas. But, but that's what a brave people do when they want their freedom. I'm thinking they really do side with Hamas. I'm beginning yeah, I, to come around to that. I, I, I think a lot of them do. Uh, and, and Matt, listen, I, I thank you very much. That's very well said. I, I tremendously appreciate the phone call. Um, there are absolutely, whether you believe the opinion polling or not, there are clearly Palestinian people who are opposed to Hamas. Um, and they don't blame Israel. But 
so many of the loudest voices do, and not just the loudest voices. You've, you've got these massive mobs that blame Israel for this. So a, a friend of mine, Emily, on Twitter yesterday noted that her family's from Italy, and during World War II, for several days, they lived with very little food and water in a tunnel inside a mountain because the Allies were carpet bombing the area of Italy because Allied intelligence said the Nazis were there. The Nazis had gotten word of the coming carpet bombing and left a week before the bombing. But no one told the Americans. So the Americans carpet bombed this area of Italy. And the people in the area crammed into mountain tunnels so they wouldn't get killed. And those people blamed the Nazis, not the Americans. They understood the Americans were trying to eradicate the Nazis. And they did what they could to survive and protect themselves. They never blamed the Americans. So now you've got Israel, who 1,400 of them were murdered, many of them in just the most savage ways. They're now intent on exterminating Hamas and its leadership. And people are blaming Israel. You know, war is messy. War is hell. But war would not have come but for what Hamas did. And the fact that so many of the voices blaming Israel will not blame Hamas or will try to justify Hamas or try to say that, well, you you have to understand the historic context. You don't have to understand the historic context of putting a child in an oven and turning on the oven. You don't have to understand the, the historic context of decapitating babies. You don't have to understand the context of brutally gang-raping a woman so violently you break her pelvis before you put a bullet in her head. You don't have to understand the historic context of that. And to watch a bunch of elite progressives in this country try to explain it and justify it while they're acting out against the oppression They're acting out against the colonizers. It's an ignorance of history to say that. It's it's a genuine ignorance of history to say that. And yet they are. You can't peacefully coexist with people like that. Because this goes back to those statements of those students at at Harvard, MIT, and and Penn that... uh, They're doing this now to Jewish students. They will do it to others as well. They believe themselves in some way, in some capacity, dominant and justified. They will do it to more. The intersectional lens of critical theory has polluted the brains of so many people. It is beginning to unmoor and fray the seams of society to teach people that you are assigned to a group, to a class, that you cannot escape it, and that there are good and bad classes of people, that you yourself, the only thing you can do is pledge allyship, and you're still a bad person because you're still in a class, but somehow you redeem yourself through your allyship to 
to others and those people get to act out as barbarously as they want because in some way they're reflecting their oppression. It's all a bunch of horror show nonsense. Monstrous. Brutal. Bad. And yet, here we are. I want to play you a little more audio from the president of the University of Pennsylvania, who, by the way, the the governor of Pennsylvania, Shapiro, is Jewish, has come out and said, uh, condemned her leadership and suggested the board of trustees of Penn needs to rethink her leadership of the university. Listen to her under oath in Congress yesterday. Or how about Huda Fakhreddin, who romanticized the murder of over a thousand Israeli Jews as, quote, Palestine inventing a new way of life and clapped as a speaker said Jews should go back to Berlin and Moscow. Why does that professor still have a job at your university? I'm very troubled by what you're describing, Congressman, that kind of... uh, You're speaking out of both sides of your mouth. You're defending it. Very troubled by... um, Y'all, I got to thread the needle here a little bit. If a student or a professor says the Jews should all be put in ovens, it's offensive speech, and colleges would say it's hate speech, but hate speech is still free speech. You as a person can say those things, you as a professor can say those things, and and you can say those things and you shouldn't lose your job for saying all Jews should die. However, however, keep that, you gotta keep some conflicting ideas in your head here. You should not lose your job for your speech, however awful it is, however much I think you shouldn't say it, You shouldn't be expelled or lose your job for saying these terrible things. However, however, but if a university punishes you for saying that there are only two sexes, if a university punishes you for your refusal to use someone's pronoun choices if they don't match that person's sex, then the university should hold to the same standard of those who say Jews should all go pile into ovens and die. If you're going to punish someone for their refusal to play pronoun games or their refusal to recognize the legitimacy of transgenderism, you have to punish the people who support the genocide of the Jews. The problem here is how these universities have chosen to distinguish and operate. Uh, They don't believe in all free speech. They don't believe that all offensive speech is bad. What do you think would happen if you went to Harvard University and marched through campus with placards saying George Floyd got what he deserved? What do you think the university would do? Now march through the university with a placard that says the Israelis got what they deserved on October 7th. We already know you can get away with that on Harvard's campus. That's the problem. It's the double standard. Harvard 
forced a woman to take a leave of absence as an evolutionary biologist for saying there are only two sexes, but will not force from campus a professor who says the Jews should all go back to Berlin and pile into the gas chambers. That's the problem here. I believe in free speech, and offensive speech is still free speech. The problem is these universities do not. These universities do not believe in absolute free speech. They do not believe in absolute freedom to say offensive things on campus. They hold a double standard. You say death to the Jews, you get a pass. You say transgenderism is a mental health issue, you get punished. That's the problem here. You have to either do it all or do it none, and they're picking and choosing. And it just so happens they're picking and choosing to turn a blind eye to anti-Semitism after the murder of 1,400 Jews in Israel. That's not a, that's not a coincidence. When Donald Trump was president, had you gone on college campuses and said death to the Jews, they would have punished you. It's not a coincidence that now suddenly they don't care about it and they think it's free speech. This is a moral failure by moral relativists who are running the Ivy League into the ground. If there are things you can't say on college campuses, but you can say death to the Jews or support genocide, your campus needs to be bulldozed. Your endowment needs to be confiscated by the government. And your students need to be driven from the workforce because you have educated, indoctrinated, and pushed into the public a group of people who are moral relativists willing to champion evil. And you yourself as an institution have decided to prop up, subsidize, and give voice to evil. And we cannot peacefully coexist as a peaceful people with evil. Might as well be blunt about it. Um, I'm, I'm kind of done with the Ivy League at this point. I'm glad my, you know, MIT was trying to convince my kid to, to show up or to apply, and she's like, nope, not going to do it. Um, good for her. I'm glad she didn't. Recently, 10 regional banks have had their credit downgraded. Now they're going to keep making profits. They'll get a sweetheart bailout if things get bad. The government will take care of them. Not you, but them. The government will take care of these banks. My friends at Swiss America have been sounding the alarm about a secret war on cash. It's an all-out assault on our freedoms. With soaring interest rates squeezing the economy, with banks teetering on collapse, Swiss America can educate you on ways to help protect your hard-earned assets now. You can get and read their shocking report, The Secret War on Cash. Your copy's free by calling or texting 800-289-2646. The all-out war on cash includes digital forms of currency, and it is spreading. You can read The Secret War on Cash free to my listeners. All you do is mention my name, Eric Erickson. You call or text 800-289-2646. 800-289-2646. You just text my name, Eric Erickson, to 800-289-2646. Or if you call and they answer, they ask you who sent you, you say Eric Erickson. You can also go online to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric, SwissAmerica.com slash E-R-I-C-K, or again, 800-289-2646. Message and data rates apply. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Uh, if you would text the word donate to 33777, there are over 15,000 kids 
who really hoping to get something for Christmas. And if we don't help them, they're not going to get anything for Christmas. Um, let me look at the number ClarksChristmasKids.com. Uh, 15,269 is the number right now. 15,269 gifts needed for kids uh, this Christmas uh, for kids in foster care. Um, if you text the word donate to 33777, I will send you the link to Clark's Christmas Kids. Clark Howard undergoing his procedure today. It's a experimental procedure. Hadn't gotten FDA approval yet. He's hoping to be one of the guinea pigs so that it gets FDA approval. Essentially, he's got a uh, aortic valve issue and it needs to be replaced. And so it's a cow's valve and some mechanics that are put in it. Fascinating. Um, there's a presidential debate tonight. It's in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I kind of hope, just for the spectacle of it, I kind of hope Ron DeSantis gets asked about FSU and Alabama in college football playoffs. DeSantis, of course, is is uh, being the governor of Florida, is pushing an investigation or, or something with college football committee uh, that, that set up the playoffs because he is upset, as is everyone in Florida, that FSU with an undefeated season didn't get in and Alabama did. Um, I just think it would be hilarious if someone asks him a question about that while he's at the University of Alabama tonight, just because I'm I'm very curious into what he actually says, uh, what his actual take is, because it's one thing, you know, as the governor of the state to say, well, I'm I'm for FSU and, and screw them. We should we should do something. We should take on the college football playoff committee and blah, 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 blah. But to actually then um, – take a stand and and say something. I, I'm just, I would be curious. I think it's a legitimate question. How far can states go to bully the college football playoff committee and others if you don't like their decision? Um, it just, it would be an interesting question for Megan Kelly or Elizabeth Fargus or uh, one of them who are uh, the debate moderators tonight to ask. I guess I got to watch this debate, don't I?